Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I've just come to the Belfast disambiguation page on Wikipedia, right? Okay. <laughs> well, Belfast obviously is the capital of the city of Northern Ireland. That's the main one. But there are other Belfast all around the world. Oh. There's a Belfast in South Africa. There's two of them. There's a whole bunch in the United States, mm-hmm. from California to Ohio to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. There's one in New Zealand, one in Canada. There's one in Victoria, or Port Ferry, used to be known as Belfast. Here's my thing, Sinead. Yeah. I think if you've got one big important city called something, maybe that's it. Maybe everyone else can think of something <laughs> else. What do you reckon? I mean... I think I would have been very confused if I had gone into this and it was about Belfast. Nebraska? Yeah. <laughs> Although, that's a pretty good rickroll that they should have, you know. Oh my, it's a ghost town. Hello. Belfast, Nebraska. Hello. We do love ghost towns. It had a post office briefly from 1908 until 1909, very briefly. Odd. While no buildings are still standing at the site, deep holes indicate foundations and cellars. Mm. Numerous concrete floors can be seen and large pieces of metal are scattered throughout the site. The railroad grade is very clear to someone looking down from a nearby hill. <laughs> What's oh, goodness. Why is it very clear to someone looking down? Why not just is visible from the hill? <laughs> what has happened in the this The area town? is now used for grazing cattle. Okay. okay. All right. Some shit's gone down in Belfast, Nebraska. Maybe we mm. shouldn't dig any further. Maybe we should just... Well, Slowly here's an, here's an idea. You know how the world is obsessed with shared universes now? I feel like... Sorry, what? We are? Well, you, well like film studios, either because you've got the MCU for the Marvel films. Oh, sure. There's DC yep. films. There's, there's spinning off all sorts of things to try and get shared universes. I feel like Sir Kenneth has done Belfast, the main one. Here's your next series of movies. Still a film about Belfast, Nebraska, <laughs> Belfast in Canada... Belfast in Limpopo in South Africa. There and you, you go. can buy them all as a little box set at the end. Yeah. Oof. The Belfast Collection. Hello there, my name's Lonnie. I'm here with... What's your name again? Sinead. Sinead? Oh, that's right. Hey, how you doing, Sinead? <laughs> Thanks. Oh, God. <laughs> We're setting the tone for this podcast early. It's good. Well, let's do it for Belfast, hey? A film that we both saw. We definitely did we both, did did we both see like it. it? Um, it didn't grab me. Didn't grab you. Mm. And I feel bad saying that because it's essentially a biopic about Kenneth Branagh's childhood. Okay, so you hate Kenneth Branagh. No, Explain. I love him. Expound. He's my favourite. I love his little Poirot. I love his little moustache. I love his rendition of Gilderoy Lockhart. I love mm-hmm. him so much. One of the supreme actors in the Shakespearean realm? Yes. He directed Artemis Fowl and Cinderella in Thor, of all <laughs> eclectic sort of history. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Gets around. Um, and this is his film that I feel like the film community is really, you know, 
giving him some props for a, a whole career. Mm. And you're saying you're not so sure about it. I it I appreciate it. Oh, I you saw what it was the doing. Hell out of it, didn't you? <laughs> Back off. I it just didn't grab me. And I, I think when I went to see this in the cinema, there were quite a lot of older people and it really grabbed them because oh, yeah. it's it's a mum and dad movie. They were it? oh my god, it's such a mum and dad movie. Because they were around when this was happening and I understand it was like a huge thing, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Never ever want to be in that situation ever again. Again. I don't think I've been in a situation like that yet. Um, but there was just something about it that didn't hook me in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, what did you think of it? Well, I, I I liked it. I will admit it one it was one I wasn't fanging for to use an Australian <laughs> phrase. Yep. The thing is, it sounds really rude, but it's not. <laughs> I guess it's something you want to get your fangs into. Is that what that means? I guess so. I, I've heard it in the terms of like fanging for a cigarette. Yeah. Let me just well, look, look it up. Fanging okay, look into the etymology of it. Fanging, to go fast or to speed, usually related to driving, like hooning. Mm. I've never heard it in that context. No, that's wrong. Anyway, <laughs> it was one I was like really keen to go see to explain that idiom. But then it was nominated a bunch of Oscars. So I'm like, oh, Kenneth, all right. And it was, it was showing down at the, sh- the close cinema closest to me. And I was able to see something else afterwards. So I guess like the stars aligned for me to go see it. But I wasn't that keen having mm-hmm. watched it. I quite like it, appreciate it. Am I going to see it again? Am I going to rush out and tell all my friends? Not really. But that's kind of what the Oscars can do. It can give these sort of films a go, kind of. It can. I I'm surprised it's nominated for as many awards as it is, to be quite frank. Yeah. Is it career awards sort of stuff going on, you reckon? <sighs> it has to be, right? Because everyone was talking about cinematography, for example. I mean, there were interesting shot choices. There was interesting... The film shot in mm. black and white, we should probably say. We haven't spoken about what the film is about. <laughs> we should probably do that first. All right, let's wind back for a second. Yeah. So Ireland. It, it takes place in late 60s. Yep. Early 70s, yep. the height of the North Island, South Island issues, Protestant Catholics yeah, thing. The, the troubles. That occurred. Um, and it's essentially Kenneth's childhood. Are you a, an Irish historian, Sine? I am. Okay. You might not have been able to tell from my excellent um, history recapping there. Anyway, it's it's about all that and this family is deciding whether or not to leave their home for a better life or not, essentially. Yeah. And Starring... Um, some some great some of the greats obviously Judy Dench Dame Oof. she's there killing it as always I Jamie like... Dornan in one of his first Irish roles I've ever seen him in perfection mm. mm-hmm. Kieran Hines always good mm-hmm. um, I think it's Katrina Balf um, as as the long suffering mother of the family yeah very very that was the the anchor performance for me for this film mm. I must say I just gonna think you have literally Dench you know how when people are applying for film funding, and at least in Australia, sometimes if they want to get money from the screen or bodies that are you know, organised by the government, they have to like prove a certain level of Australianness. Oh yeah, you know, that's like you've got a certain number of people behind it in front of the camera, and there's like Australian themes of the film. Just like you know, if you're going to use Australian taxpayers' money, you're going to have to you know at least contribute back into that society you're coming from, right? Mm. Do you think that that's like in England or in the United Kingdom? There's a box of like, is Judy Dench in this film? Yep. All right. 
Okay. I think the question it's, is... It's real then. I think it's which dame is in your film. Okay. Is it Helen Mirren? Is it Judy Dench? Sure. You know, you've got to have one dame. Yeah. Um, there's a few out there, isn't there? I yeah, guess. now, now yeah. I can't think of any others. Um, Maggie, obviously. Yes, of course. Let me just uh, look at the list of the dames commander of the order of the British Empire, which I just know off the top of my head. Yeah. Who have we got? I guess there's a, there's a few sirs out there as well, like Tony Hopkins, for example. Yes. Could help out. Listen, there's lots of names here. I'm not rec- not recognizing any of them. I'm just saying you need either a sir or a dame in your film. Sure, sure. We're riffing. It's a bit. It's a bit. Everybody, the bit's over. Yeah, that was a good bit. I think we could work better. Like it's not our best one, but no. we've, we've done all right. Okay, okay. back to Belfast. <laughs> um, so obviously this is where Kenneth Branagh was was growing up, mm. and this was um. It, it seems like it's not like it's a direct. This is what happened to me when I was growing up, but no. very much inspired by. It. He's right. also said it's like his most personal film he's ever made. You know, in like yeah, a totally. wink, wink, nudge, nudge sort of way. Yeah, I think um, it, it's interesting, right? It's the film shot in black and white, and it's interspliced with a lot of what I read as the films that he saw around that time that gave him a love of film, right? Mm-hmm. Did you notice a particular film that flashed into this? Who's my favourite, like, old-timey actor of all time? Jimmy Stewart. Correct. Yes. 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 Man who shot Liberty Balance. Yes. Oh, so I, I don't know how I f- forgot that. Yes, I was very much into that because that's like, one of ah! my favourite films too. Incredible yeah. film if you haven't watched it. You have to love Yo, Jimmy, and, mm-hmm. and that film in particular, one of the best, isn't it? So that was an interesting way to, like, I don't know, compile the film, I guess, with these sort of, because mm. the kid in the film, he goes to the cinema and has these escapism things, and he goes with his family, and they see, like, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and all these films as a, as a kid. And then I think some of that's supposed to be reflected in the way, like, in the cinematography of the film. Mm. But... Yeah. Like there's lots of like depth of fields and focus pulls and interesting shot composition that's a bit, um, almost a bit like, it's a bit too perfect, like having yeah. the radio really in focus and then someone's going to come and turn the radio up and then we switch to just a shoe in the foreground and in the background they're having a conversation. Like it's very stylistic. Okay. Um, it made me think about so- the Academy Awards, you know, when you were saying about sound of metal if it has the most sound mm. it can be the best i think this has the most cinematography so maybe a bit in the in the dialogue too actually some of the yeah a bit very much stylized in particular there's a scene where he's with little kids in class and the teacher is speaking and she's mm-hmm. it, it didn't feel like she was giving a lesson it almost felt like she was doing a skit or something do you remember that yeah i actually i think this is why i didn't like it and i thought it was just me like not liking it but there was something really fake and performative about this film. Mm. Even about the performance of the kid, like lots of people are saying that his performance was really great. I don't know. Mm. He didn't He didn't give it to me. I saw all the little, you know, mechanical things going on in his brain of decisions that he was making and mm. waiting for his line and that's fine. He, he's a child actor. That's totally fine. But I, I'm just still sitting back here a bit going, oh, is it? Is it that? I don't know. It just didn't feel. It felt odd to me. Mm-hmm. It felt like it wasn't really going together. Like it was a square peg fitting into a round hole. Speaking of the teacher, mm-hmm. there's a there's a, there's a plot point where he's he's trying to do better in class because 
the teacher has organized it that if you do well in your exams, you sit closer to her. Mm. And if you do worse at your exams or whatever, your tests and in class, you sit at the back of the room. Yeah. First of all, that's back to front, surely. You need <laughs> yes. more help. You should be close to the teacher, right? That's. I was always like back corner working on my little <laughs> advanced books because I was a early achiever. Mm-hmm. And all the like troublemakers, they'd bring them forward so that they couldn't be troublemakers. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I guess you want to reward success, but also at the same time, then you're punishing um, poor performance or kids who are struggling are like, all right, that that's humiliate you by putting you at the end and let's give all the good kids. I mean, it worked for him. It gave him something to work towards, I suppose. But I guess so. It's a fine line. But it reminded me, I had a certain teacher at school who, when she would mark our assignments and then she would give them back to us, she would give them back in reverse order. No. Right? God, teachers are cruel. <laughs> teachers are the worst. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and like... I'm not trying to big myself up, right, but I was, I was generally towards the end because I was getting good marks. So for me personally, I was like, whatever. But, like, if, if you imagine if you were trying really hard and then your name gets called out first because you got the C- minus and... That's yeah, awful. That's really... horrible. And the, the topic to that story is that one of my friends who is now a teacher herself, she said to me recently, she's like, yeah, that's, like, against all the things we learn at uni about being you know educators that was oh, like, well, good yeah so hopefully least... it's changing <laughs> <laughs> again i just didn't think much about it as a kid but yeah it is pretty yeah screwed up way of looking at it yeah um but yeah uh, back to your points about the film being a bit stylized i agree if i was to be a bit cheeky or a bit cynical i wonder if sometimes people talk about the great cinematography in a film is that just because it's black and white like, and people don't watch me in black and white films, and so they think it's better yeah, and more, more prestigious. Maybe, maybe. I'm not saying that, but if someone is being cheeky and cynical, that's what they might say. Well, if someone else is being cynical, they might say that they also got in a conversation with someone about um, the writing Oscars mm. and that uh, when, when revealing a film was nominated for original screenplay, that the dialogue was very good. Um, mm. And someone cynical might interpret that, that a lot of people think that writing in film is just the dialogue, especially given a personal experience you and I have both had with things that we've worked on. Um, just, I think everyone listening to this podcast knows, right? I'm just going to say it and it's fine. You don't have to feel bad about it or anything. But like, it's not just the dialogue that writers do. They come up with the whole concept. It's like, yeah. there is a child living in Northern Ireland at this time. He wakes up, he goes to the kitchen like it's not just hello, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? I just want I, I just we're all clear, okay. <laughs> and shooting a film in black and white doesn't make it automatically better. Yeah, but well. I sort of saw that as a an ode to like Citizen Kane or, um, like similarly similar ways the focus was used as well. Oh, like yeah. I think he's he's yeah, evoking think, something there. I actually think the cinematography is quite in- interesting in this film, but. I think in, in, in general, it could be a bit of a shorthand sometimes. You're like, oh, that was really, really prestigious because it was a prestigious film. Filmmaking was really good because it was black and white, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I think of also my one of my screenwriting lecturers who who was, um, she was going to be a writer and she was telling the story. She told her, her friends and family. And I think it was someone in her family, like an aunt or an uncle or something, who thought, it's like, oh, do the films are writers? I thought they just turned up and the actors just sort of made it up oh, as they go along. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, it's bizarre. Like, no? What, no, people what do are write you talking this down. about? Yeah, don't just wing it, <laughs> generally. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Um, the film, the film I really like about the film tonight mm. is the opening scene in particular. Well, the film is going weird. It's got like a sort of jazzy, upbeat, just shots of Belfast in modern day. Yeah. And then it like goes back in time to yes. this time, which for a second I was like, am I in the right film? So <laughs> I, was back I, in I knew that that happened bec- <laughs> okay. only because I saw Noah Gouch's twi- um, tweet and he said that he and his dad thought they were in the wrong cinema because okay. it opens in colour. <laughs> and so I was prepared. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Because I felt like if I w- hadn't been, I would have been like, oh, I've yeah. made a terrible mistake here. <laughs> Um, but it was very interesting seeing the first scene in black and white because the little kid, he's living on the, on the street. And by that, I mean, he's got a family but and people looking out for him, but also everyone's so nice and friendly that he can run around. Everyone knows who he is. Yeah. He can play with all the regular kids and all the kids look out for each other and the families look out for each other. He's having a great old time. He's calling in for dinner and stuff. He's not going for dinner. And that's kind of like a very idealized version of childhood. Mm. And then very pointedly, that scene turns to the troubles coming to their front door. Yes. Very well done, I thought. The thing that later happens, though, is that it's kind of like, maybe this is true life, the troubles just sort of seem to turn up when it was convenient for the plot. Yeah. They just sort of dip in and out of it. And there's a scene towards the end of the film, we're in spoilers, so it's fine, where like the kids get stuck in the middle of these riots I was like, oh, this is still happening, is it? Because it's like sometimes we've got a scene at school where he's running around mucking about and then we've got a scene of the troubles, come back, and then he goes, he's mucking around again at school. It kind of felt like maybe that should have been more focused for me. Yeah, see, I didn't mind that because I thought it sort of spoke to the sort of um, disconnect that his his everyday life wasn't really affected by it, but it was always happening mm. in the background. It was always like bubbling along yeah. until eventually, like it, it, as you said, it's brought to their front door and they can't ignore it any longer. I guess um, so. Yeah, that's true. I think it's Fair similar enough. to like we were in primary school when nine eleven happened and mm. that was a huge thing that was terrifying in the Iraq war and everything and yet we still, I guess it's different, it's not in our country, but I don't know. I didn't mind that too much. I think it, some of the plot was weirdly spaced. Like there was a shot, just a shot of Jamie Dorn and walking them out after they'd won their award at school and it was like a 30-second scene that, 
you didn't really need. Mm. But it was there and it sort of threw off the pacing a little bit and there were just these short little scenes that didn't really, they felt much more a personal sort yeah. of inclusion than they so, did something that was. It's good with the plot over every now and then. It's exactly. only 97 minutes, but then it still felt longer at times, didn't it? It felt really long, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, talking about that final, I know what you mean about those scenes sort of, mm. it's like, what's going on here? I thought there was a really powerful scene where the kids do get to court in the riot and the dad has to come and, and save them and they're, yeah. they're really stuck between. Like, it was really well shot and everything, right? Like the washing powder one, the big washing yeah. yeah. It just felt very contrived that they got caught in that yeah. because the mum takes them out in the middle of the riot to give the stuff back. I know. It's like, no, lady, you know there's a riot going on. Take it back this tomorrow, like, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's kind of like I liked what they got with that, but to get it, the way they got there was just bizarre to me. Yeah, I agree. I didn't really like that either. Yeah, and I liked the mum otherwise. It seemed like she made, like I could empathise with her and she was making, even though I didn't always agree with the decisions she was making, I could see why she was making them. Yeah. And I guess that's the the, the main struggle of the film they have to c- comprehend is like, do we stay here when it's going on, when it's not safe, but it's the only life we've ever known? Mm. All our family and friends are here. So like that's a good reason to stay. But then if we can't be safe we shouldn't be here yeah there's even like an epitaph at the end of the film which is you know for the ones we left behind or whatever and i could tell in my cinema that a lot of the older audience members you know that affected them because Mm -hmm. they went through that and i can't imagine what a horrible experience that would have been and i i think i don't know maybe it's a failing in myself that i can't quite it didn't it didn't grab me like i can empathize Mm -hmm. with that and i understand that that's awful and you know, mm-hmm. cinema doesn't have to be thinking about a review that's been trending on Twitter lately. Cinema mm. doesn't have to be something that's relevant to my life and me mm. to be good. But I just didn't, I didn't, there was something about it that just felt a bit distant to me. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think, um, like, my family history, like, I'm only in here in Australia because various people left Ireland. Yeah. So, um, and I get you're kind of much the same, aren't same. you? Same. Um, I think I was a convict, though. I think yeah. I've got that. That actually blood. makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think there's 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 at least one level of my family history where, like, mum and dad had ten kids, and I think one went to Australia, and the rest, the other nine, or maybe eight of the nine, went to America because they just there was no yeah no future for them in Ireland, which is um pretty sad to think about. But I was thinking very much about that. So in the end, they make the decision to leave and mm. to go somewhere safer and, and try to make a life of it but leave grandma behind <laughs> like, I know. Like, what does judy do the rest of that day and then tomorrow she's like all right i've spent the last 90 years or however long with my family living in this very small area guess i'm on my own now forever no, see i sort of read that as she couldn't she couldn't yeah, go because true. she was too old and she like practically she couldn't but also like spiritually psychologically her destiny was to stay in her hometown and the next generation were the ones that were going forward. She's also just buried her husband. So she probably doesn't want to leave him because she has yeah. such a connection to the land and to yeah. her they lineage. They were a great old couple, weren't they? They were just classic oh, grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just loved them. And it was very sweet when the, the grandparents are helping the, the boy try to with his Woo the romantic girl. relationships. Yes, that yeah. was very funny. I really enjoyed very that. Very sweet. Yeah. I think we'd probably be... Oh, wait, just, so just quickly, mm. don't just go stare at her, mate. 
That's weird. From the corner. That's a weird thing yeah. to do. Don't I'm stare glad into they a gave house. him some actual yeah. <laughs> tips. Yeah, sorry, go on. I was just going to say that um, thinking about this film and its, its subject matter today is really different to when I saw it because obviously you can draw comparisons between this and what's happening in Ukraine at the moment mm. where people are literally being faced with this exact problem of whether mm-hmm. to stay in their country that they've always been in with their families and friends or, you know, leave for hopefully a better life with nothing more than the clothes on their back. Different situation, obviously, but it's – I can't imagine like right now sitting in my bedroom war was just to break out and – I just have to grab what I can and leave. Like that is so removed yeah. from the very privileged life that I live. And yeah. in that way, I'm grateful that I saw this film because it was a, an insight into how that feels to have to leave your place behind. And it's not even country necessarily because I don't really have a strong tie to Australia particularly. I've never felt sort of nationalistic pride. Um, but I, leaving your place, leaving your home, leaving your your comfort and your family, I can definitely empathise with that. And I think similar to, um, what do we see, Brooklyn with mm-hmm. Saoirse Ronan, mm. great film. Chose the wrong guy in the end, but, you know, great film. Similar themes, mm, right? I think so. Oh, okay, I think on. she did. Of where the two... You wanted to stay in Ireland. <laughs> he, was, he was lovely. She had a beautiful American boy in America. Anyway, similar themes of like, mm, you know, totally. when you know it's time to go and yeah. Yeah, it obviously is not like for like comparison to what's happening no. in Ukraine. In, interesting in this circumstance is that it's not like an invading force, but it's like your own countrymen. Who yeah, are turning, turning against, against you. you. And I, I've seen this many times um, spoken about, but like we weren't there at the time, so it's very different, but. So like looking back in it now, 2020 Brisbane, it's like, mm. don't you guys kind of believe in the same God? Like, pretty much the yeah, same, right? Yeah, that's bizarre, isn't it? It is very funny because they're But obviously they're it's, not, it's not a... Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not just that. And obviously that is no. just a... And it's historical. It's what one side has done to the other side. And, yes. And also it's like a shorthand for... Yeah, being Protestant means all, all sorts of things, not just the God you believe in. But it, it's very um, cleverly um, eliminated in the film about that, where the kid's trying to work out, how can you tell someone's a Protestant or a Catholic? It's by their name. But we've got a cousin who's got that name. Yeah, that was very <laughs> funny. I like that. Um, and, and, and interesting to your point about um, what's happening in the Ukraine at the moment. I saw a tweet, and I don't want to, you know, that kind of sounds like maybe diminishing the situation but is it very interesting tweet i thought about it's like in the last 20 or so years we've made refugee mean brown person yeah but as this tweet said it's like the only reason you're not a refugee is because of luck and circumstances mm-hmm. that could be anyone at any point and because refugees have historically recently been seen as as just brown people they haven't been seen as real unfortunately by a lot of the world's mm-hmm. media and a lot of the world they're seeing it now in Ukraine, and I hope we can reconfigure our, our thinking that anybody who's seeking, anybody in that circumstance will be looking to do the best thing by their family. So, yeah, which is really what we're all trying to do at the end of the day, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting what you said about um, 
Catholic and Protestants and looking back now, we're like, there's not much difference. I wonder if that'll be the case in like, I don't know, 50 or 100 years with people who are, mm. you know, Buddhists and Muslims and Christians. You all believe in a, a God. You all <laughs> believe that God exists. <laughs> like yeah. it's not, there's not that much difference between you all really. Yeah. It's like, and you believe in your God so much you'll go kill other people for him. Like that's probably not what you're on about. I probably don't want to be, you know, a member of, that God's yeah. little army, if that's what he wants me to do. Just mm-hmm. just saying. But even then, like, you know, I'm not going to solve Russia and Ukraine right now, but there seems no reason for it. And there's never a good reason no. to go invade another country and kill people. But I, I don't see what's going on as grounded in any sort of reality as a good yeah. thing for anyone. I think even more so with this, there, there was no, like, impetus. Like, it seemed <sighs> to have just come from nowhere. There was no big event that they're responding to. There was no, like... yeah major thing that happened it's just like all of a sudden no we're gonna kill you yeah like and for you know the reasons for world war one and two are you know, very varied but you can kind of draw you know the archduke was was assassinated in world war one and that mm. set off a chain of events and then world war two well obviously germany when and hitler were gaining power invading poland and whatnot mm. this one just seems like they woke up one day and they're like it's let's yeah. invade a country <laughs> Yeah, and not not as easy as that, clearly, but with looking for a reason, you can't find a reason that makes any sense because no. it doesn't seem like there is one. Anyway, Belfast. Would you recommend it, Sine, as a film? Depends on who you are. Okay. I think our parents' generation, yes, I would recommend it because mm-hmm. they were growing up when this was happening and would have mm-hmm. an interesting um, comparison to draw or, or contrasting memories of how they interpreted it as well. Mm. I mean, I think you should see every movie that's ever been made. Everybody should. So okay. I don't know. But I something about it didn't grab me. I, I'm happy for them. I'm not going to read all that, though. I'm happy for you. Peace out, you know? Yeah. I don't mean to sound, like, dismissive. It's a good film. I'm, I'm not making a judgment call that's on fine. the subject matter at all. I'm just saying, mm. as a film, it didn't grab me in the techniques that he used. And you know what? It wasn't made for us. so Exactly, which was my point, fine. right? It was made that's for totally the other fine. people in the cinema, and that's totally mm. fine, and I can appreciate what he's doing, but I I personally don't have a strong connection to it, and I probably won't watch it again. Mm. Fair enough. So, yeah, and it's a little bit funny to be seeing some folks give it you know, five stars and then other folks being like, oh, it's all right, and other folks saying it's really bad. I think it's any of those things, probably more in the middle, really. Yeah, yeah. Anything. I think so. Yeah, that's good. But I reckon go see it. I think, I, I wish it was kind of focused more on the parents than the kid, to be honest, because I thought it was a very yeah. interesting dynamic between the mum and the dad. Their relationship, yep. Yeah, because it was like on the one hand, he's like, he's not that bad, or dad or a husband, is he? But clearly he's had some trouble in the past that she's been trying to clear up for years. Yes. But also, like, he's not around. But well, he has that heartbreaking line where he says, you raised them, you know. Oh, that, that was pretty killer, wasn't it? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, mate, but the reason she could raise him is because you sacrificed and went and worked well, these the shitty was, jobs. He you was know? providing for his family in a different way, you know. Yeah. It's an interesting, I agree with you, it's an interesting sort of cross-section at gender roles and, you know, mm. traditional roles of mum and dad and how our parents were probably raised. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and hopefully they have a better life when they leave and go live yeah. in England. Um, but it was interesting... It was like, yeah, we can go a better life there, but we're always going to be the outsiders. 
Yeah. I think that was something the mum's like, at least we're, we're here. Like, at least we know who we are. Yeah. Where we are right now. So no easy answers. I don't know what I would do in that situation. No, I don't know either. You'd want to, yeah, keep on trying to do the right thing by your family. I wanted to mention something I really like in films, Sine, mm-hmm. dance scenes. Oh, you love a little dance scene. Yeah, especially when it's a romantic scene of yeah. a couple actually dancing. Like that scene, The Artist, for example, mm-hmm. Killer, one of the best ever. And there's a really nice one in this where you can, for a lot of the film, I was like, why are these two together? They don't seem to like each other much. <laughs> like, they love each other, but they don't seem to like each other, you know? And then they have that dance scene where they're both very cheeky and this is the parents I'm talking about, Jamie Dornan, hello, having a little dance. He does a little like, oh. scene as well, I think. Bit of a he's, yeah, he sings and then, then that brings her out to dance and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wow, all of a sudden they're 17 again and they're, yeah. they're falling in love all over again. Mm-hmm. And that made me not, that made, made me feel good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm talking myself into liking the film a bit more, I think, but I think if I went back and watched it, I'd find it a bit um, bit loose. For a 97-minute film, it could have been, maybe it could have been 87 minutes and be much better, perhaps. Yeah, it did drag a bit for me. Mm. Which is odd because we love a tight ninety. This mm. is a this is a loose ninety. <laughs> <laughs> At least ninety seven. Okay. Well, in terms of rating, then are we going to go three and a half uh, down the middle? Give it three. three? Okay. Yeah. I sure. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I feel bad. Do- I love Kenneth. I love what he does. I just this wasn't the one for me. But for many people out there in the Irish diaspora, they'll love it. I reckon. Hopefully. What are you going to rate it? I'm going to give it three and a half. Okay. See reasons in the listed previously in this episode. <laughs> As an explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really sweet moment. It all sort of came together in that dance scene, but also when the, the film's dedication comes where it says, for those who stayed and for those who left and everyone else, that was came together for me, I think, in that, that moment. But again, not fanging to go see it again. So No. No, nah, we're not fanging for it. Not fanging for it. Um, soon, Oscars will be coming out. Perhaps already Oscars already happened by the time listen to this. Perhaps episode about the Oscars already out. If so, go find on our feed. If not, it'll be there soon. On our feed, what else have we got tonight? Have we got every film of the last like six or seven years pretty much? Listen, pretty reviewed? much. Pretty yeah. much. Um, I'd like to turn your attention to the Paddingtons, mm-hmm. uh, La La Land. Did an emergency mm-hmm. podcast on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Check out what we thought about the Oscars last year. Yeah. Sometimes I forget what was nominated last year. Oh, totally. Maybe it would be nice to have track. a little little check, see how we're doing. Yeah. Um, I don't always mention it, but I've got another podcast too. So if you like my thoughts on films, why not listen to my thoughts on everything in the world? <laughs> I miss you, man. Mainly Batman related, but, you know, I love stuff too. You do other stuff. You did a really great episode about the McDonald's characters. I did. Is that the only one you listen to, or are you listen to other ones? No, no, I listened to the town one. Okay, that, that's episode like one and three. Listen, I've had a lot uh, going 50. on recently, mm, and okay. I'm going to use that as an excuse. All right, there's a lot, lot of good ones, all right? If I'd recommend one to you right now, it would be... I've forgotten every podcast <laughs> episode I've ever done. Good. I did one recently about Mark Holden. Oh, yeah. Dancing with the Stars. Do you remember this, when he was a clown? Oh. And it was creepy? Vaguely. Well, go back. Episode 51. I delve into that and I delve into creepy clowns in general. It's a good episode. What do you say to myself? Yeah, it might be a skip for me. Creepy clowns, I don't know if I want to confront that at the moment. Look, 
I know we're a bit off topic and we're probably people aren't listening anymore, but if you think a clown's creepy, what about this? What about an elderly clown? No. No. Well, if you want to hear more, I miss you, man. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. I'll see you next time. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.